This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder. Surewinder takes great pride in producing high-quality tools that keep you safe and make your life easier. Let them shoulder the burden of winding your springs with a power drill. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torsion Talk Podcast. Today we're going to be interviewing Roman with Somer USA. Uh, I am super excited because you guys know they're a sponsor of ours, but we're going to take a deep dive into their product and all the things that it can do and a couple things that they're coming out with. I think you're going to love it. Sit back, enjoy, have fun. Hey Roman, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. No stranger to the show. Uh, Roman with Somer here today with us guys and uh, our last interview and, and everybody knows of you guys because you guys are a sponsor and uh, but the last interview we did was kind of about you and how you came into the industry and Somer I would like to make today because we're in season three about uh, Somer because we're talking about suppliers and some of the challenges in the industry and uh why uh, Somer is a good product and what differentiates you from your competitors and things like that. So we're going to cover all those things today. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. All right. So I, I want to give just a little bit of background uh, so people know where I'm coming from. Uh, I know that uh, I try not to be a homer on certain products. Um, we we originally tried Somer mainly because of two things. One, when I went out to spend time with Kyle Hart, he didn't shut up about you guys. Uh, There's talk- Kyle Hart again. Yeah. So, uh, and it's his birthday. Is it his birthday? Oh, well, it, he won't be hearing this on his birthday, but happy birthday, Kyle. Um, <laughs> and so we, um, you know, I, I, Kyle's highly regarded by me and a lot of others in the industry. And so after getting to know you a little bit, I think you, you wooed me um, quickest way to my heart through my stomach. So you took me out to dinner one night at IDA. And um, I think I talked too much that night a lot. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we built a relationship and I, I typically buy off relationship. Uh, honestly, it's about customer support and, uh, the product comes second to me. Like I believe everybody builds a good or great product. Um, and, uh, and so we decided to give it a shot. It was a little bit of an adjustment. I think when we first bought the product, uh, our guys were a little bit resistant to it, but then we had one technician that was like, you know what, screw it. I'm tired of seeing these things on the shelf. I'm going to go install one. And they asked me if they could open one up and put it on our kind of our training door. And the rest is history. Like um, now I think our guys love installing it even more so than some of our other brands. Um, and uh, they love the fact that uh, Somer's readily available. 
when we have questions. Um, and uh, honestly, probably the best rep I've got in the industry, product aside, brand aside, is uh, is Roman. And so uh, we got Roman here with us today, and we're going to be learning a little bit about Somer and the line, the product line that you guys offer. I, I do, uh, I guess, I, I really enjoy, you know, getting to know people, spending time with people, building relationships. And uh, when you enjoy what you do, then it kind of becomes second nature, right? I think so. And I will tell you that uh, Saturday night, my wife and I went to dinner. Uh, we did not go to the restaurant. We ordered to go, and then we went to a park and ate. But um, it, it was on you, and I greatly appreciate it. That was the best meal I've had in a very long time. Awesome. So I, I pre- appreciate uh, you treating us to that. Yeah, not a problem. I'm going to have to try that now, too. Yeah, I got the um, – it was – crab linguine it was alaskan king crab linguine and they i guess because i got it to go they just put the the crab in one and then the linguine in another so i just decided to eat it separate because these claws were ginormous and i was pulling these huge chunks of crab out and that was amazing uh and then i totally ate the the linguine by itself which was also very good but um yeah, I could not do it that way. Sounds like an awesome way to eat crab. <laughs> it was. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Somer. I'd like to dig in a little more uh, into, like, the roots, right? So, like, how, like when did Somer become a company? Um, when did you guys enter into the U.S.? Like, give me a little bit of history. Okay, sure. So uh, the original engineer behind our product, his, his name is Uwe Summer. Uh, of course, that's where our company name comes from. And he started designing, started working out of his garage in Germany in 1980, started designing operators. Um, his first designs were actually kind of like the traditional operators, motor at the back, uh, chain, or uh, I think at that time it was all chain, pushing or pulling a trolley, it pushes and pulls a door. Uh, 1984, I believe it was, he came up with the traveling motor design. Um, and I'm actually not sure what the original kind of motivation was for it. Um, so we've been building that design since 1984. Um, Uwe Summer has since retired. We have uh, other engineering staff on board, of course. Um, our head of engineering at the moment is Dieter Waldorfer. Um, really brilliant guy. And nice then German our- name there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Dieter Waldorfer. Uh, but he's he's a super um, super smart, uh, very humble guy, and always a pleasure to talk to and and uh, whatnot. Uh, our CEO Gert Schaff came aboard. I don't actually know exactly what year uh, Gert came aboard, and basically bought into the company, became a shareholder, and he's kind of the, the business manager and he's really a sales guy at heart he loves sales members so uh, that's the thing that we really connect on and then um, we also ended up acquiring some other companies there's a company called Aperto Uh, I think it was originally Swedish that we purchased Um, that's kind of the European DIY brand Um, later we acquired uh, Grokey Door 
and we've been acquiring some of suppliers for Grokey Door also. Uh, Grokey builds aluminum, uh, all aluminum entry doors. Uh, it's a 125-year-old company, um, completely different from any entry door that is available on the U.S. market, to my knowledge, anyway. What um, makes them different? It, just a, a whole host of things, 125 years of engineering for one thing. But, uh, for example, uh, our seal is a triple seal. Uh, with welded corners and all the way around the door. Um, our glass is triple pane, laminated, tempered. Um, our slabs generally are three inches thick. Uh, our locking mechanism generally is a minimum three or five point locking mechanism. And, and on bigger doors, it, it can be even more. And you. then we have a huge a number of options and designs and uh, our doors are all powder coated in house. Um, but yeah, Grokey is a very good company. We do some sales in the U.S. Uh, we added later also industrial door operators uh, in jack shaft versions. They're actually direct drives like the Euro drives that uh, high-speed guys talk about a lot. Um, and we also added gate operators uh, for all of our other markets. So. Kind of the history of the company, we we currently have, I think, 20 subsidiaries, which are owned by Summer. Summer USA is one of them. Um, and we have representation in uh, just under 100 countries. When did you guys enter into the U.S. market? So we got into the U.S. market in 2007. Um, I don't even, like, I didn't know any of the guys who were originally part of the U.S. market uh, at the beginning. Uh, there was a guy from New Jersey um, and a guy from Germany. Torsten Reimer was the guy from Germany who started it uh, or who was kind of first presence here in the U.S. Um, we started with just the, the Sonoris model uh, in 315 megahertz. And then in 2013, I think, or 2012, we switched to 310 megahertz. And in 2017, we uh, switched to the Evo model, uh, Evo and Pro models. Um, Dominic Hummel was actually the general manager here when I initially started buying summer summer in 2012. Um, and he was here until 2018. I think he had been here for about 20, uh, 10 years uh, in 2018 when he moved back to Germany. Yeah. So we sell the, um, the Evo uh, 2060 a lot. That's kind of our go-to and the reason why I like it is a couple things. One, um, there's not a lot of things that I think can go wrong with this motor. There's just not a ton of moving parts, right? So, I mean, when you evaluate it, uh, it's very well built. Um, not a lot of moving parts. I feel like um, you're probably not going to have to replace the sprocket very often, if at all. Um, I mean, you could probably answer that better than I because I haven't been doing it for very long. Uh, but just the way it's designed and built, I feel like it's a lot less pressure on the sprocket uh, than a than a chain that kind of wraps around it and kind of pulls it. Um, does that help with the longevity and the strength of the the sprocket? For sure, I think I think that was actually part of the kind of the reason behind the original design of the traveling motor was that it. Uh, that it allows the operator to have less moving parts. And of course the less parts you have that are moving the, um, 
the lower your maintenance will, will be and also the easier replacement is. Um, and I, in my experience, I have never seen a sprocket fail. Um, and our internal gearbox, I've never seen a gear strip. I think I've seen one that actually broke from impact. Uh, like, I don't know if the door was hit or whatever. Um, but, but generally speaking with the drive system, there's, there's pretty much zero um, potential issues because there's so few moving parts. Yeah. And I, I figured out after about a month um, of us selling the motors that I really like the way that you guys kind of set it up because you, you basically say, okay, uh, if we could equate it to like a restaurant, right? Um, you want your pizza, here's your base pizza. And then what do you want on it? Right. And so you can get pepperoni, whatever. Um, and that's kind of how you sell your motors. Is that a good, uh, is that a good explanation or I'm sure you probably have a better way of explaining it, but, uh, you have your core product and then there's tons of like additional accessories that you sell that enable different features and functionality on the motor. Exactly. And, and uh, I don't think, I don't know if pizza was in the minds of the, of the creators. <laughs> I eat it like every day. So it's top of mind for me. <laughs> but it worked. Um, yeah, for sure. The idea was to build an operator that could be accessorized that will, you know, and accessorized after the fact. And, you know, do you want to add a battery backup? Fine. You can do that to any of the evil or pro lines. Do you want to, um, add a humidity sensor that, you know, that you can use for ventilation to your door. Fine. You can do that to any of the operators uh, at any time, you know, retrofit, no problem. Um, and I think, you know, having the traveling motor w made an opener that was already exceptionally configurable. And the idea was just to extend that, um, that configurability. So, do you, I mean, we got some time, so I just want to go through, I'm looking at some of the accessories. Some of these I already know what they do, but I'm just going to ask you, uh, I'm going to say the name. You just give me like a brief explanation of what they do. Uh, because I don't think people realize like you guys have some cool stuff here. Um, so the Lumi, I can answer that one. It's just an LED strip. Um, the Accu, that's your battery backup pack, right? Yep. Tell me a little bit about the lock uh, feature that you guys have. So um, the lock is made for additional security or to act as a brake. Um, anytime you have a motor with gearing, if you apply enough force to it, you can spin the motor into gears. Um, so on our operator, with the way the gearing ratio is set up, if I apply about 125 pounds direct force, to the front or the back of the motor, I can make the gearing and the motor spin, um, just spin free. Um, so with the lock though, the lock is basically a magnetically activated lock with a pin that releases into the flywheel of the motor carriage, just like slots on the flywheel of the motor carriage that it releases into. And when the lock is engaged in the motor, uh, that force is up to 660 pounds. So I would have to push 660 pounds and then the pin would shear. Um, so it increases security in the down position and it can also work as a brake uh, for a mid stop or in an up position. Cool. So for example, let's say you had a heavy door that was, that was closing and the spring broke when it was closing. The motor would sense that and stop 
and at that point the lock would engage and and um, and basically freeze the motor in place, um, allowing it to hold a lot of weight. Okay, so there wouldn't be a free fall. So I, I've actually had, I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but I've had customers where the spring actually breaks in motion. Um, and I've posted something about that before, and people argue with me like that doesn't happen. It does happen. So the lock would be handy in that scenario. Um, right. It, it, it doesn't happen often because you're because most of the time the spring breaks when the door is down because that's when it has most tension on correct. it. But it can't happen yet. Yeah. So tell me about the buzzer. It's buzzer or alarm which one do you guys reference that as? well so it, it has a multiple function so if you have the buzzer connected to the door and somebody tries to jimmy the door there's a couple things that happen of course the lock already has additional security but let's say you didn't have a lock installed and they managed to put enough pressure on it to actually uh, spin the motor carriage um, when it hits about i think it's one centimeter the buzzer goes off like an alarm um Actually, at that point, the, the motor will push back, kind of like some gate operators do also. If you do manage to make it spin, the motor will positively push back. Um, and then the buzzer is also used. So with some link, you can set up buzzer to have a pre-warning before closing. You can set it to be running while the door is closing. So it's like beeping the whole time the door is closing. Um, and then, of course, if you set up some web on it or if you do automatic closing, since it's a residentially classified operator with UL, um, um, buzzer is set up so that it has to sound for five seconds before unattended closing, which is what it does with some web or automatic closing. So I've got a product feature request. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. All right. So uh, when someone's trying to force the door up, it triggers the alarm uses electricity that goes through the rail and shocks the person. <laughs> so, so you want us to put to hot wire the door so it shocks yeah. the guy who's trying to do me this one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can, I, I can run that up the ladder. I don't know how far it's going to get, but it sounds like fun. I mean, I think that's a great solution to keep people from breaking in your door. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to try that one twice. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the motion. So motion is uh, an add-on that just turns on the lights in the garage, uh, on the garage door with uh, when it senses motion. It's directional, has about a, it's about 90 degrees of range, and but the ball that mount that it mounts to is can be pointed in any direction. Pretty sensitive too, and has a pretty good range. I love so that. Pointed at like the, the entry door that that's coming from the house or so, whatever. Right. And you guys sell safety, uh, safety eyes, safety beam kit, whatever, uh, emergency release lock. Most guys in the door industry are familiar with that. Uh, that's great for. Uh, I, I will I will put in a little caveat there. Once you use our uh, emergency release lock, you're not going to want to go back to anyone else's. Why? It's, it looks it looks so clean. It's so easy to install. Um, um, it's just. It's, it's really nice, and, it's, and we're pretty competitive on price. Nice. Uh, it's got, like, it's actually got a little plastic cover that you can pop over the where the key goes into it. There's only a single hole um, instead of having to deal with right. screws, and then there's and then there's basically a, um, like, a large nut that fits over the whole thing that screws into the back. I like it. 
So there you have yep. it. And this is where you need to start buying your emergency release locks uh, from Somer. All right. So uh, the Senso, tell me about Senso. So Senso is a humidity sensor. Um, and basically it's plug and play because the operator has a preset. So for, for most of these things like, like buzzer, the operator has a preset and you plug it in and it's got a specific way that it's going to react. And with some link, you can adjust, you know, pretty much anything regarding these. But what Senso is, the humidity sensor. So when the humidity in the garage hits 80%, it'll pop the door open five inches and hold it open either um, for two hours or until the humidity hits 70%. And then it'll close it again. In Atlanta, it would just stay five inches all the time or keep right, opening it would, and closing it, 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 it for two hours. It <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the parameter is like after it closes. And it, if it hasn't reached 70%, I guess it would hit 80% again. It would open again once it, it hits 80%. So we do get requests uh, for this from customers and end users who live in the South because that's the first thing they think. Uh, but we tell them that the Senso is really uh, more for northern climates. Like it's pretty commonly used in Sweden. And the reason is when you get uh, you cool a car that's covered in cold precipitation into a garage that's warmer, immediately all of that evaporates, right? So you get a bunch of humidity trapped in a garage that is not climate controlled, especially when you have concrete around the outside edges. Um, that's a place where mold tends to grow. So it's really used for that because the humidity is lower outside than it is inside at that point because of all the uh, uh, precipitation that just evaporated off the car. So that's really where it's used uh, mostly. I, and I think, you know, the interface on the motor, um, at some point, I don't know if we'll come up with a temperature sensor or something like that where it would just pop would it open cool. and allow the grouse to cool off a little bit. I was just thinking yeah. about that because we had a customer a couple of years ago uh, she she was all about insulation and energy efficiency, which is great. I love those customers because they're not looking for a Pandor. Uh, and we sold her a two-inch thick urethane door, installed it, and she called back and complained like two months later about how hot her garage was. And I'm like, well, that's weird, right? So um, after like, a long like exhaustive search. You're like our door is not an air conditioner. Right. <laughs> but, but after we did, you know, asked plenty of questions in two trips out there. Uh, we realized that it was, she, she drove from Atlanta every day to like Gainesville and she would pull in the garage and close it behind her. And her car was hot and putting off a lot of heat and her, her garage was so well insulated walls and everything that it trapped the heat in the garage. And, um, and so we suggested to her, just crack it just a little bit, like don't close it all the way and then let it close, you know, go out there and close it later. Um, and we sold her a, a Wi-Fi opener to time to close, which worked out really well. But that would be even more sophisticated if we could have like, okay, you know, once the car gets home, you know, you set it, it goes all the way down to like, you know, five inches, lets it breathe, let some of the heat escape, uh, let some of the cool air in, and then it closes. Uh, I think that, that would have been ideal for her probably. Yeah, So, so just so you know, um, like the way I would set that up with an Evo operator is I would set a mid stop and you can, uh, the operator is set up so that you basically flip a dip switch and then you can set a mid stop at that five inches or whatever. And then I would have her, when she pulls into the garage, close the door to the mid stop point, which would be her ventilation. And then you could set up automatic closing from the mid stop point only after, you know, 
however many. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, when you're cool, you're cool. You guys got to figure it out. I love all the different features and things that like the, you have the base model, but you can add all this stuff to it. So tell me about memo. Cause this is a pretty cool feature. Yeah. And memo is, so the onboard memory on the receiver is 40 slots. That means you could do 40. So, so the receiver is four is four channel, right? So you could do 10 four button remotes with all four buttons programmed all four channels or you could do 40 single button remotes, or you could do 39 remotes and a keypad, or you could do 38 remotes and two functions on the keypad. Like there's, there's 40 slots. With Memo, though, um, that is up to 450 slots. And so Memo, we use, or customers use it for like multi-tenant parking. Uh, so basement garages with 20, 30, 40 uh, uh, parking spaces. Uh, so they can put a bunch of operators, uh, put a bunch of remotes on them. Um, and then memo also actually holds the memory of the remote. So if you have an operator failure or a power surge that take it, takes out the circuit board, rather than having to get remotes back together, you take the memo off, put it on the new operator, um, and all the memories are saved there. I mean, just mic drop, walk away at that point. That's a pretty cool feature. That's great for like apartments, um, uh, parking garages, things like that. I love that feature. Yeah, there's there's something even better associated with it uh, in the pipeline that we're expecting to get in a couple months. So is that a teaser? I'll, I'll, I'll drop a few. Yeah, yeah, this is a teaser. Okay. So just telling you about Memo. So if you see Sumlink, um, Sumlink is the device we use to, to make adjustments, to do data readouts troubleshooting all of that you can plug a memo into some link actually and see what remotes are programmed to like which channel on which remote on which remote is programmed to which channel on the operator um, so you can read that out with some link um, we have another device similar to that that is actually used for transmitter management and uh, um, you can you, it's it's a really powerful tool, so you can use it for uh, for deleting remotes without having them present, um, for adding remotes remotely, or for replacing remotes remotely. And additionally, um, when you have that device used to set up a site, um, it it can be um, so so your site or your site your device actually has all of the information from that site set up. So if there were a fire that took out the operators and the doors and everything, and you had to put all new information on it, including the memo, uh, you still have the information. You upload some new memo, put it on the operator, and it's all there. That's great. And uh, for me, having to go and program remotes uh, is a pain in the butt. And... Uh, not an expense that a lot of these companies, property management companies want to invest in. Um, and there's advantages to being such high frequency also. Um, can you give us some, some talk a little bit about why you guys chose the frequency you chose and uh, some of the advantages that come along with that? Yeah. So most of the rest of the world is, or most of the rest of our uh, markets are using 868 megahertz. Uh, some use 434. 
with our old operators, we were at 310 megahertz, but there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of noise in the 300 megahertz, which is one of the reasons we chose 922. Um, I actually don't know. I'm sure there were a lot more reasons. Um, so from a, from a radio technology perspective, uh, higher frequencies actually have slightly less penetration. Um, but with all the noise that's in the three, 300 megahertz, you know, a lot of uh, Wi-Fi stuff is, or a lot of uh, gaming consoles and smart home stuff and, of course, uh, our industry stuff is all happening in the 300 megahertz. And so by getting out of that into the 900s, we just avoid all of that. And uh, so we have really good solid rings. I've consistently tested it to about seven or 800 feet uh, with doors closed uh, on garages, like even metal garages. And uh, we've got really good range. That's cool. So what about the relay? Relay is um, to activate external devices. And we actually just got in an output that actually outputs power. It's called Output OC, and we don't have it on here yet. But uh, Relay is basically just a switch. Output OC is a power output. So um, it can be used for stuff like um, the Relay has a normally open and a normally closed function. So it can be used for a whole bunch of different stuff. But uh, among them, you can do um, uh, what's it called, like a maglock connection through through relay because it's something you want to turn off and turn on relative to where the operator uh, sits. The big thing we're using it for though, and it's something that we have in the works and haven't officially announced yet. We just got some of the last stuff in that we need to kind of create the packages and make them work is uh, for accent lighting. So we have uh, lights and this is a teaser again, not exactly a teaser because we actually have the product that's ready to sell, but a teaser because we haven't officially released it. Um, so we have lights that that are like white and orange that can be used uh, so that you can see whether the door is active or not active. So if it's white, it's not active. If it's orange, flashing, it's active. Um, we have red and green, so the equivalent of a stoplight. So you can see whether, whether the door is closed or, or running or open. And then we have accent lights that can be connected either um, directly into the door or uh, around the outside edges or whether you want to use it to run uh, like even a third-party light, you can use Relay to just switch on and off uh, a 110 light that, that is uh, installed in your ceiling. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer 
USA.com. That's S O M M E R dash USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877-766-6607. It's no secret that I bring on advertisers of products that I use and love. I love it when I sign up for a service and feel good about it before, during, and after. Service Titan has made our customer experience significantly better. We use automated messages to go out to our customers to streamline communication. Our customers love the fact that they can text in and we know who they are by name. All communication between our customers via call text is attached to their customer account so text can review it prior to arriving to a job. I love the campaign source report. It tells me which marketing campaigns are working. My favorite feature is the new marketing feature that allows me to set up drip campaigns and email our customers based on what they bought or didn't buy from us. Check out Service Titan at servicetitan.com forward slash torsion for your free demo. So that's a lot. This product is so versatile. Like that's part of the reason why I like it because we can sell the base model for like, you know, an entry level price um, or we can sell that model with additional features that are almost limitless. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Uh, As a matter of fact, they have this swing door kit that I really like and um, it allows you to, um, uh, connect the swing door kit to a carriage style swing out door and open and close the door and the sensors actually work with it. You want to give us just a quick little uh, overview of that feature? Yeah, so that's basically a kit of accessories that allows the operator to work. So there's like a pair of swing arms. We have two versions. The kind of the most popular one right now is um has one of the arms being spring loaded so that um, it you you set that one a little bit shorter so that you can have overlapping doors and of course if you have overlapping doors with both arms solid then you have the potential of them not quite seating right at the middle um, but with our new uh, swing arms with the spring loaded arms you can easily set one to be about an inch shorter and it closes first and then the other one and then it stretches as the other one finishes closing. So there's that, and, and then the swing door kit also includes the hardware bag to allow the swing door arms to connect to the operator. Of course, safety sensors work in the wrong direction when you just install a standard, so there's a kit that allows for reversion of the motor carriage direction. So there's a swing door coupler that, that allows the arm to attach to the back of the motor carriage instead of the front. Um, and then also just recently we... Um, started stocking safety edges because one of the difficulties with swing doors, of course, is the fact that you have safety sensors. They're working correctly, but they're, they're um, at the jam and they're on a horizontal plane, whereas the doors are actually on a vertical plane. The doors are closing on a vertical plane. <laughs> and, and so we have a sorry, a monitored safety edge connection on the motor carriage that when you connect it and do a safety reset, it actually becomes a monitored edge. So if you have a, uh, a wire that breaks or anything else, um, the only way to make it work without the safety edge is by taking it off and then doing a safety reset so it goes back to working with just the safety sensors. So we're carrying five-foot safety edges with 12-foot leads specifically for non-overhead opening doors. 
and I imagine that because you guys have all this already set up, I mean, you guys seem to be kind of the go-to solution for that. If people don't want to do like gate operators uh, with like gate arms, right? Right. And, and the, there's a, so I've seen plenty of places where gate, op, gate operator arms are used. Um, and there's one company that built something like uh, articulating gate operator arms that is actually, I, I believe, and, and I may, may speak out of turn here, but because I haven't double checked it myself, but I believe they are actually, uh, you are classified as a residential garage door opener. But the problem becomes when you have, you know, when you use a gate operator arm that is not actually classified as a UL, with UL as a residential garage door opener, does that open you to liability and whatnot? Uh, but these are, of course, classified know. as a residential gate operator, uh, sorry, residential door operator. And even with the kit, it's, it's by far, from my knowledge, by far the most competitively priced um, swing door operator out there. I would agree. So, and, and an interesting note on that, the U.S. is a relatively small percentage of summer's worldwide sales, um, but we sell more swing door operators than all the rest of summer combined. That's interesting. So that's, I don't yeah, come across cool the swing doors very much here. I mean, I know they're popular in certain areas of the country, but, I mean, I probably only get, like, requests to, like, install them or build them or repair them maybe once every six months. So we right. don't get a lot of them here. Right. And I, I don't know that there's a specific pocket that, that has a lot of them, but there are Colorado. manufacturers who specialize in these, um, who, you know, who, um, sell them all over the country. I feel like I see them a lot in Colorado or hear about them a lot in Colorado, but that's just, that maybe. Swing, door, swing doors are always a problem when you have um, when you have colder climates because they usually swing out or almost always swing out. Yeah. In fact, they don't work well with our operators to swing in. You can make it work, but it's kind of not not so good. Right. Um, but then, so so then you've either got to have an awning or you've got to have a heated driveway. Otherwise, you're going to have to push snow, right? So yeah. So but, you hit on definitely. Go ahead. We're, even here in the U.S., we're seeing a steady uptick in requests for swing door operators, whether it's just um, that we're becoming more well-known in that market or whether swing doors are uh, increasing in use in the U.S. I think it's a little bit of both because, you know, a lot of people uh, are, I think, are doing more wood doors. And as they look for the classic designs, you know, Terry Chow's hardware on steel doors is very popular. But if you stop and look at it, it looks pretty cheesy because you know they're not swing doors. Right. But, so why not install an actual swing door if that's the look you want? Right, right. So you hit on Somelink um, on some of the things it does, probably not all, but Somelink is, um, gives the ability to do diagnostics, right? Correct. Um, and uh, you told me a story once of, I think it was you, uh, a lady who was – uh, having like uh, ghost openings and freaking out, and you guys were able to use Somelink to hunt the found out that because all of your remotes have like a serial number on it, and you're able to kind of like track which remote is opening and closing uh, or what's causing the interference to a degree 
but this helped do some of the diagnostics or, or the troubleshooting. And he found out that, hey, it is this one remote. Do you have it? And they didn't have it. Come to find out that it was in the, the dryer or something, right? When when this was happening? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, they, had, they had a remote in the kitchen drawer that was uh, that had a button that was basically too sensitive. Um, and so it was a faulty remote, but you know, without something like some link with the individual, uh, radio, uh, serial numbers on the devices, it would have taken a lot longer and been a lot harder to hunt it down. All right. So, because the problem is, the problem is if you have a remote like that, that's putting out signals occasionally, even if you delete everything on it and then reprogram it, how do you know that remote's not going to throw a signal when you have the channel open? Right. Yeah. Does that happen? So tell me a little bit about the warranty on the Evo and, um, as far as like the motor, the chain, the accessories, all that. Right. So can I give a little bit of background of kind of why the, why we end up with the warranty we do run with it. So, yeah. So the Evo is, is really built for longevity. The, The European standard, and I'm not sure if there's a standard like this in the U S but there's actually a European standard where operators are engineered for a certain number of cycles. And so, and the way it works is when an operator is in prototype stage, uh, we have like a whole bunch of them that are put in a testing facility on doors. Doors are not maxed out on the weight that the operators are rated for, but they're, they're pushed up there. They're heavy doors. Um, and we put a cycler on it. So Evo Pro models are rated for 40% duty rating. So they're pretty much maxing out what the duty rating is that they're, that they're rated for. Um, so it'll run, wait 15 seconds, run, wait 15 seconds, and, and it'll do that day and night because it's got a, a cycler on it that just keeps running it every, so, uh, every you know, about, about every minute, pretty close. And in order for the prototype to go to production, it has to reach a preset number of cycles with no problems. If there's a problem, um, it gets taken down, uh, the problem gets repaired, the cycle count gets reset, and it, and it has to start over, basically. So uh, in order for that prototype to become a production model, it has to reach a certain number of cycles. But we don't only do that in-house. There's actually facilities that do that testing themselves. Once we've done that in-house, then we send operators to this facility, and they run them to that number of cycles also. And then we get like a, a certification that yes, this operator is a third party certification that yes, this operator is engineered to this minimum threshold of cycles. And on the Evo model, that threshold is 125,000 cycles uh, or on the Evo and pro models. So that's a lot so of cycles. Then, that's a lot of cycles, right? But you got to remember that we're also optimizing this operator for, you know, multi-tenant parking. Of course, it's a good sales point, especially when you're doing a residential or using it as a residential operator because um, it, it's built for really good longevity. Um, so our warranty on the uh, motor itself is lifetime. Our warranty What does that on, mean exactly? Because there's, you got like limited lifetime, life, you got full lifetime. It, it's, life, it's lifetime to the original purchaser. Okay. So when someone calls in to warranty a motor, if they say, you know, my motor burned out, um, then we ask for a, uh, a proof of purchase that they were the original ones who purchased it and then send them a, send them a motor carriage. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a motor wear out, actually. Um, the, 
then we have a six-year uh, warranty on everything else in the drive system. So that's the mechanical and electronics. Um, and then two years on peripherals or accessories. So everything else that is not connected to the drive system has a two-year warranty. That's a pretty good warranty at the price point for sure. And and the accessories includes all the plugins and stuff that you guys offer. Correct. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And you know, one of the things about uh, there, there's a couple things about like our electronics warranty because six years on electronics is, is a pretty big deal um, because, but there's a couple of reasons that we can do that pretty safely. One is during that beta testing phase, we get these electronics so hot you know, like the electronic circuit board is sitting there right next to the motor. It's it's, it's actually mounted to uh, the gearbox at the end of the motor. And that motor gets so hot, you can't touch it. And so these electronics are running for literally days on end at that temperature. Um, and and they're required to be a part of the 125,000 cycle, of course. Um, so that means that the electronics are pretty tough also. But then in addition to that, if you think about it, the electronics are actually part of an isolated circuit. So they're not, everything that connects them to the outside world um, is um, is isolated because there are plastics where it connects to the door. There are plastics where it connects to the header and there are plastics where it connects to the ceiling bracket because um, the rail and chain are part of the circuit. So it has to be that way. But it also protects it from outside. So if you have a lightning strike that comes uh, through the house or through the door, the circuit is likely to be protected. And if you have one that comes through the through the electrical grid, then it's likely to to get hit because it's coming in through the power cord. And so, it, is the Evo made in Germany, or are you guys making those here? No, it's made in Germany. We have a factory uh, about twenty miles north of Stuttgart. Okay. Um, so. Let me give you a little bit of background there. We do have a plant in China. Um, the China plant supplies pretty much exclusively the Asia market and a few places in Central or South America. Um, we, we don't, I don't think the Chinese plant supplies anything to North America or uh, the European market. Um, our parts are also, just for what it's worth, our parts are also almost exclusively European, like our uh, plastics are, are made in Germany. Um, our uh, steel is at least, I'm not sure about the origin of the steel, but the steel is caught and rolled, uh, roll formed in Germany. Um, our, our circuit boards are German. Um, our motors are Italian. Um, I think the only part that is ch- uh, sourced in China is the uh, transformer. When I am on the phone with customers telling them kind of our options for motors, I found myself um, explaining a Somer a little bit more because people aren't familiar with the brand. But what I'm telling customers is that uh, it's German engineered. um, And, you know, if you know anything about German engineers, they have a tendency to over engineer everything for the good. Right. I mean, they put a lot of time and effort into making it what it is. And uh, and it's a well-built motor that will last a long time. And if you're looking for something in this price point, honestly, I don't think there's a better option 
uh, and there are options to, to add additional features and functionality to it. And that seems to work really well for us. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, people love the idea, you know, if I roll up to a job and I see a Mercedes or a BMW, that's such an easy quiet, like conversation to have Volkswagen, whatever. Um, if you, if you drive a BMW or you drive a Mercedes, you almost always have, um, a passion for German engineered things. So to bring this up and have that conversation just feels very easy. Right. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, uh, when we're talking about the Evo, the warranty, um, what, what are we looking at for Wi-Fi? Cause Wi-Fi seems to be like the biggest trend right now with openers. Can you talk to us a little right. bit about what it takes to enable this thing and what that looks like? Right. So we use a device called SumWeb um, to, to kind of do the equivalent of Wi-Fi. It's important to note, though, that SumWeb does not mean that the operator is Wi-Fi capable because the operator doesn't have anything to talk to Wi-Fi routers. And there's a reason for it. Um, Europeans and, and Germans in particular are pretty pretty leery of anything that is of, of the internet generally and of, of uh, the cloud especially. So the way SumWeb works is it's a device kind of like SumLink um, that has both a Wi-Fi communication and a bidirectional radio communication. So it talks to your Wi-Fi router and it talks to uh, your operators. And each SumWeb can run up to 10 doors. Um, so... So we're not as competitive when you're talking one or two doors. If you're talking three, four, or more doors, then we're back in uh, a pretty competitive status regarding price. The, the big difference, though, is that it's very secure, uh, definitely the most secure of the, of the, at least from my knowledge, and put that disclaimer in there, the most secure of, of the cell phone access systems that are out there. Because instead of using your cell phone, to access your information, which is in the cloud somewhere, and then your information in the cloud tells your operator at home to run. You're using your cell phone via internet to access your information that is on your somewhere device at your house. So granted, anything can be hacked, but there's no central point where if somebody hacks your neighbor's device, your, uh, your information is not at risk at all because, because they're not connected at all. Um, and then it talks to the operator using our 9.2 megahertz, which is 128-bit encryption um, radio technology. So it's, it's, it's a very secure system. Uh, not quite as competitive on price again, but it also has a lot of features allowing multiple users, allowing um, in-app camera live feeds with recording. Um, we have both interior and exterior cameras, um, up to three cameras per SunWeb. Yeah, I saw you guys are selling the cameras. I just had a customer. I, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, we, we we walk customers through everything, but we sold her son a uh, uh, opener with a uh, camera on it, and she wanted the same. Well, she called in and she said, "Hey, you guys sold us sold my son a, a, an opener with a camera on it, and you know I would like to get a, an opener too." But she never said she wanted the exact same one. 
So I walked her through all the options, including the one with the camera, and she chose a different one. And so we installed it, <laughs> and she didn't say anything to us when we left. Uh, but now she called in over the weekend and was like, hey, uh, I don't have Where? the camera. And Where's my camera? Yeah, and so now she wants us to install the one with the camera and just have her pay the difference, which is, you know, I don't know. We got to figure out how to handle that. But um, I like the fact that you can buy the camera separate. Um, I think we, we can do that um, too with the one that we sold, but um, that, that's probably going to be our next move. So uh, I like having the, the camera separate actually. So I, I think that's nice. Um, right. And the, I think it might be worth noting there that the camera, um, so the camera actually has its own app. Um, there's a licensing. So the first year is free. And after that, it's, I think it's $10 per year. Uh, to, and it's basically a licensing fee that ties the two apps together so that you can still see the camera live feed in your app. But if after a year you're like, no, I don't mind. I'll just, I'll just jump over to the camera app. Anytime I get a notification from my garage door or anything like that, then, then you don't even have to pay that. You know, you don't have to pay that fee. There are also some web has up to 10 users that each user is someone that you set up with a different permission. So for example, if you have, you know, a cleaning company that comes uh, at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, you set up a user, you, you set up a permission that only allows access from eight to 12 on Wednesdays. Um, and then you give them, you give them three pieces of information. You give them the UDI number off the back of the sun web, their login information and their password, they download the app, they log in and, and they can get in, but they can only get in during that time. So you have up to 10 free users. Um, and then you can buy licenses for 50 users or for, for unlimited users. Unlimited users, I think is like uh, 70 or 80 bucks a year. But like one example where that's really useful, uh, we recently had a customer who installed uh, in a multi-tenant parking garage where the, the spaces are planned to be rented out for college students and Airbnb. And so they wanted this device specifically because of the permissions, then they just purchase unlimited users. So somebody, I, I rent or book one of those apartments on Airbnb. They, the email includes information uh, where I can download the app and log into the app. And now I have access to the parking garage, but only uh, it, it's, that user is automatically set up so that it's only from, you know, during the time that I'm renting. If I try to go there early, I can't. If I try to go there the next day uh, to get in, I can't. And you and I have spoken in the past about uh, videos. You guys have some, uh, there's, I'm looking it up now, Somer Garage Door Opener Installation Evo Plus. Um, for those of you who, like, are just curious about, the product itself, because you may have heard a lot about it. They're starting to get a ton of publicity on the Facebook groups and throughout the garage door industry. Um, you can go on here and actually see one being installed so you can see just how easy it really is. Uh, it just kind of like snaps together. Personally, I know I tell Roman this all the time. Uh, the I think the thing that I love most about it is that it works on a seven or an eight foot tall door. So, you have the rail is in the box, takes two seconds to put together, and you can install it on a seven or eight foot. Two seconds might be an exaggeration, but it's pretty quick. Um, 
And for me, I think that's great because you can either choose to charge more on an eight foot tall door because you're doing it with all your other brands, or you can just do it at the same price and be more, more competitively price wise on a, on an eight foot tall door because for other brands, I'm having to pay extra for the eight foot rail. I got to pass that on to the customer here. It's the same price for a seven or an eight. You don't have to have the motor rail on top of your truck or hanging out of the back. It's in the box. It slides underneath the back seat. Um, if you have one in, uh, in your truck, um, I mean, it's, it's compact. It doesn't take up a lot of room. Uh, and so I'm a huge fan. That's probably my favorite feature just because I like to be able to grab my motor, walk in, tear it open, install it. Um, and if it's a seven or eight, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about, Oh, I don't have an eight foot rail. You know, we'll, we'll have to schedule an appointment for me to come back when I've got one. None of that. We're always prepared. Now we always have a seven or an eight because it's in the box and it's capable for both. So um, I would encourage you guys to go on to uh, YouTube, do a Google search for Somer Garage Door Opener Installation Evo Plus, um, and check that out. It's got 18,000 views. But um, along those lines, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what's going on? You and I had a brief conversation with some of the shortages in manufacturing. You guys are really capitalizing uh, in this market and gaining a little bit of steam. Can you talk a little bit about that? Believe it or not, the, the videos and the shortages do tie together because one of the things I had on the slate for this year was to to work on producing a bunch of videos. Like we want to make sure stuff, you know, all these accessories we talked about, how they work, what they do, what adjustments you can make with someone. We want to put that uh, into videos to make them easy to find. Um, now, some of the things some of the adjustments that we want to make are going to be um, um, professional only. So they will be on like uh, the videos will be private and you will need to ask us for the link. Um, um, but those we will circulate on the garage door pages. Of course, those links because everybody who's on there at least is supposed to be professional garage door installed. But due to coronavirus and uh, we have our, tech support and in-house the people who would generally work on that kind of thing, working from home for a few months, uh, for about a month and a half, I think earlier this year. So that kind of stalled the videos. And then when they came back, um, our sales have increased a lot. Um, so we're, we've had two record breaking months back to back, um, because of shortages elsewhere. And, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 we initially when coronavirus hit, of course we were, uh, we downgraded our sales, our expected sales numbers, just because nobody really knows what's going to happen. But we're we're way, way, way above um, even the original sales numbers now. So, so that's a that's a good thing for us, and I, I kind of hate it because I know that it's um, at the expense of some of some of our competition. You know, having a hard time with manufacturing and distribution and even supply Such chain. Such a maybe. gentleman. But we we did see and and. Uh, maybe a little bit of luck. I don't know, but we did see it coming and we were able to ramp up production. So even though we've had two uh, record breaking months back to back, um, we still have more inventory uh, in stock than we did when it started. So. so if you need an opener, you need it fast and you're having trouble getting it, this is a great opportunity for you guys to order, uh, get a Somer, um, try it out, uh, order a few, whatever. Um, we, we ended up, 
uh, throwing one up into our, our, we have like a little training area and uh, just let the guys play around with it, try to break it, mess it up, do different things, uh, try to figure it out, work on programming, stuff like that. Um, and uh, that really kicked things off for us. I think that was probably the turning point um, where we just, you know, set aside some time and broke the box open and let everybody kind of play around with it. Um, so I would encourage that. I know for us, when we order somers, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I usually get my shipment within two or three days from ordering. Um, does that sound right? Right. If you order like less than 10, they're most likely going to go to UPS because the boxes are, you know, 45 inches long. Uh, for the eastern half of the U.S., at least as far west as Colorado, most of those are arriving within three days. Um, for pallet shipments, we can do up to 65 openers on a 45 by 45 pallet. And those usually go out next day after they're ordered. Sometimes they go out same day, but not often. Um, but then shipping, like if you're in the western U.S., is going to be four to five days. If you're in the eastern half of the country, um, sometimes it's two or three days. Yeah, so, so delivery times are pretty quick. That's good. And to become a dealer, it's not very difficult. Um, what would you suggest? I mean, because we're talking the whole country here. What are some steps? I guess just go to somer-usa.com, contact you guys. What What do you suggest if someone wants to become a dealer? Yeah, I think that's the best way. Or, you know, uh, um, you can contact me directly. Maybe ask Ryan for my phone number or something. That's fine, too. You can hit me up on um, Facebook. I'll share it. I I actually, I, and I think just because a lot of our um, a lot of our listeners, I'm guessing, are professionals. Um, I currently have the the dealer sales line routed to my cell phone um, because our internal staff is pretty busy. Um, I like to keep kind of keep my finger on the pulse out there, so I have the dealer sales line routed to my cell phone. So at the moment, if you call our office line and uh, Follow the prompt for dealer and then for sales, you'll actually get me. Let's blow or him can, up, fellas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or you can uh, you can follow the link to like apply to become a dealer. Um, those go to a generic email, but I actually get those. So it's like actually a mailing list, and I get those also. So um, I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. You know, even without knowing that you're getting in touch with me. So yeah, go there, fill out our forms. Uh, call me. Um, we don't. We don't have. Just as a disclaimer, it's fairly easy to become a dealer with us. We don't have a lot of requirements like you have to purchase a certain volume or anything. Just know that if you do purchase volume, you'll get a lot better service and more attention from us, better pricing, better shipping rates, and everything. So. There you go. And I've been very pleased with the support. Probably the best supported um, product that I've had. Uh, I'm very grateful if, if um, you know, they're small enough to where, you know, Roman can still answer the phone, but they're they're big enough to where if he can't, he calls back quickly. Uh, he's got a team of people that help out as well. Uh, they have a support tab on their website that has a lot of information. Uh, I don't know, like, it, it's great because there's a bunch of different ways. I, I learn by video and doing mostly Um but if you are great at like reading and retaining, they have tons of information on here. They have videos um, on their website as well. And uh, I highly recommend. But there's actually a button. I just was looking for it. The support. Under support, it says become a dealer. 
So you can go straight in there, um, the phone number, and then there's like a form that you can fill out just to submit your information. Um, and and real quick, uh, Roman, what are uh, do you have anything coming up that you can share with with uh, my listeners? So, I mean, the, the big things that are on the immediate horizon are the, the transmitter management, which I already alluded to. Transmitter ma- management device is actually capable of doing a lot more than, uh, than I mentioned briefly. Um, but we're pretty excited about that because, uh, you know, our external receiver also has a slot for memos. So, so you could potentially be using that on other devices as well um, with our transmitters and transmitter management devices. Um, so, so that's kind of the next big thing and the lighting kits and, uh, we've got more, but it's farther down the road. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I, this is not your first time, but, uh, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to have you guys on because we're doing suppliers for this season and you guys do supply openers. Uh, we are, um, all about kind of digging more into the information. So it's a little bit more of an educational season. And I feel like this is going to be, uh, extremely helpful to our listeners who maybe have more questions or are interested in looking at other options. Uh, we got the two biggest players in our market, uh, obviously, and most people, um, are familiar with those, but I strongly recommend, I mean, even if you don't intend on switching or whatever, just look into it. Um, I've been extremely impressed with the product, the support, um, the salesmanship. As you can tell, Roman's very humble, even like, you know, uh, apologetic to his competitors for losing a little business, even though it benefited him. That's just the type of person he is. I love doing business with people like that, and uh, it makes it interesting, keeps it fun, and um, and I feel like I can always trust him. And, heck, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm just spoiled but uh, he did pay for a dinner for my wife and I. So uh, maybe you guys can hit him up for that. And uh, if you have any questions or need anything, he's available. You can hit me up on Facebook if you need his contact information. Now, Roman handles the East Coast. Roman, you do have a contact for the West Coast as well, right? Yeah. So uh, my colleague, Andy Guzman, uh, works out of San Diego and handles the West Coast. Um, he's also very knowledgeable you know um we're we're kind of not just sales guys we're also technicians and we've worked on increasing knowledge and expanding that and being in touch with our dealers and offering the best service we possibly can so uh, if you're if you're west of texas um you can still feel free to call us or call the dealer line you know get in touch with me if you want to and, and i'll put you in touch with andy awesome so there you have it ladies and gentlemen if um, actually I'd like to challenge one more group of people, if you're a technician, um, you know, I've been challenging my team a lot lately. I think it's a good idea for you to familiarize yourself with additional products. Be a professional in our trade. This is a great one. I think you're going to run across these more and more in the field. So it's probably a good idea for you to at least go in and familiarize yourself with them now. Uh, even if your employer doesn't carry them or doesn't have an interest in carrying them, uh, you know, just explore them, get to know them. Uh, the, if you understand the basics, if you walk in to repair one or you have a customer who has questions about one, uh, you'll have a little bit more information and, and have that available. So for technicians, I encourage you guys just learn about the product, uh, get to know it a little bit. And maybe if you like what you see, uh, you can present it to your boss 
I, I can guarantee you, like I used to tell people all the time, if you present a good idea to me and I run with it, uh, you get a lot of credit. And I usually do a good job of trying to take care of my team members for, for bringing things to me like that. So um, it's a great opportunity as a technician to, to expand your, your knowledge and uh, get to know additional products in the market as well. Anything you'd like to add, Roman? I would absolutely like to second that. Uh, no offense to people like business owners like Ryan, but technicians are some of my favorite people in the industry. Um, you know, I've been a technician. I've worked in the field. I, I actually miss working in the field. Um, and I know that technicians have often kind of felt like they're cut off from manufacturers, don't have the access. So if you're a technician and you come across a summer and you've never worked on it before and you're not sure about tech support, call that uh 800 number on our website and push through to the dealer sales line. You'll get me for tech support. Uh, like literally don't be scared to do that. Get in touch with me any way you can. Even if your company is not currently a dealer, I, uh, like we do our best to make sure our product is well taken care of and go to YouTube, look up my name, Roman Troyer, um, um, subscribe to my channel because that's where a lot of the videos, especially in their raw format will be posted so it's a good place to, to gather additional information regarding summer and train yourself. There you have it. Super easy, great customer support. I highly recommend the product and the people. If, uh, like again, I said, just hit me up on Facebook if you have any questions or want their contact information. Somer, that's S-O-M-M-E-R-USA.com. Uh, you can go there, check it out. We've linked it in all of our descriptions uh, for the podcast. So, you should be able to see the web address in the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening to it. And uh, we appreciate Roman and Somer for being a sponsor of the show and coming on here today. Thank you, Roman. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a good day.